This is the Doctor, President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 93. 93. Hope you guys have had a cracking Who week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related in your lives, wherever you're doing. GCSE revision, exam stuff. Hope you found, obviously you've, you've concentrated very much on the exams and all that stuff. But you found a little bit of time to maybe squeeze in something. Doctor Who. I've seen a lot of people picking up their 12 Doctor Sonics in the last week. Oh, a lot yes. of people on Twitter saying, I've got one, I've got my hands there. I think they've they've started getting out there a bit more now. So, yeah, that's, that's good. It is good. Good times. Ooh. And I think the I think that this particular design of this Sonic is, uh, is winning people over slowly. Because I think this is probably the one that's had the most divided opinion. Mm. in terms of Sonics because all the others have been fairly well received yeah um, and all good but this one it seems to be a lot of I, th- I think a lot of people are 50-50 on it but slowly they're coming around because loads of people are buying them now and it's, it's one of those that it, it looks so much better in hand it's one of those things I think when you look at it it looks so sort of clumsy and, and over detailed and, and all that but when you've actually got it it actually looks quite nice mm. it's, it's just one of those things so I think people are like no I don't know about it and then you give them one they're like oh, actually this is quite yeah I quite like it it's quite good and also it's got that that new sound which is like so exciting you're like whoa a new sound <laughs> <laughs> that is true as it's who fans who are fairly fairly geeky in this stuff when there's a new sonic sound it's uh it's a, it's, an, it's an occasion for celebration yeah <laughs> i've not nearly worn mine out keep keep doing it to my behalf oh new sonic sound yes i know <laughs> yes uh, we know just waiting for the battery to die <laughs> i still haven't picked mine up yet oh really oh you'll get one soon yeah it was, my, it was my son's birthday this week and um a couple of days before i was thinking this is the perfect time, the perfect excuse to go back to Toys R Us <laughs> to pick up um, to pick up the Sonic. That was my main thing. And I was like, mm. yeah. So I said to my missus, I was like, right. So, yeah, I know we've got his birthday sorted and stuff, but I might just pop back into Toys R Us just to pick up a couple more bits. And she was like, nope, he doesn't need any more. He's got enough stuff. I was oh, like, yeah, but, gotcha. you know, he's. I think there's a couple more bits that I might want to get him. Nope, he doesn't need any more stuff. Yeah, but... I'll, I just really want to go to Toys No. Okay. For a minute, I thought you were going to say you thought it was the perfect time to buy him a sonic screwdriver. I thought, but no, you had another plan. Well, he's got a couple already. He's got the toys of the um, the 10th and 11th Doctor's Sonics. All right, yeah. So he's got those. But um, I think he falls into that other camp in the 50-50 people where he's not too fussed about the new one. Right. Not right. yet, anyway. He might come around, but... He's not saying that he doesn't like it or anything. He's just not. He's not like the other ones. He was like, oh, "I really want those ones," mm. but this one, he's like, "Nah, whatever." He's not too bothered. Nah, no, I'm with you. So yeah. I will get it though. The next time I'm, I'm driving past uh, a Toys R Us, I'll run in and 
pick one up if they have it in stock. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Toys R Us, uh, for the first couple of weeks, you know, they had the monopoly of it. Mm. And I was thinking they were a bit like, no, look at us. You can only buy it from us. Oh, oh. but we're selling out. Oh, we're so cool. <laughs> and now, now it's like other shops have got it and, and they haven't. And they're like, no, yeah. we were out of stock. But that other shop, beginning with F and got P in the other word, they've got it. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, so I yeah. think that, they're, they're, yeah, their balloon has been burst. But uh, no, it's cool, though, because it means a lot of other people can get it rather than try and have to buy one off ebay for some silly price you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it was like the kids at school that got the the uh the boglins oh my word you're showing your age i remember them do you remember those boglins yes i do like, i had one on my desk at work for a while they went nuts and they went out of stock really quickly just before christmas and only if you know i think this was back in i don't know i was only about six or seven when i got mine yeah um but it was only a few kids at school got them because they were that is a real blast to pass. Yeah, that is. and then they were the cool kids. You wanted to hang around with them, but then when they came back into stock and everyone else got one, they were like, "Yeah, here are you." Yeah, I've got mine now. See I you wonder later. how many of our listeners uh, remember Boglins. A Boglin. So a there'll Boglin, be a few yeah. out there. Yeah, they came in. I think two or three different colors. I think I had the purple one. There was purple, green, and I think they did a blue one at some point. But for the benefit of, of anyone that does remember them, just give a quick description. They were sort of like a yeah, they were sort like of a, hand rubbery hand puppet, it, sort of gruesome. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it was essentially um like a little it's goblin a hand head. Yeah, goblin head with like these two little arms that came out and a little tail at the back. And you basically, yeah. it was like a hand puppet. You could move the eyes a little bit and the mouth and stuff. Um, but they were awesome. And you can find them on eBay now. You can still pick them up boxed. No, they're quite pricey now, but they were like the toy to have back in the, the mid-80s. Yeah, if you've no yeah. idea what we're banging on about, just Google it. Yeah. They, they were they were the thing. <laughs> they were the thing to have back Indeed. in the day. Yeah. So anyway, what have you been up to, mate? Anything Who-wise? Uh, Who-wise? Um, I did watch the More Than 30 Years DVD. Remember last week you bought it or whatever, oh, yeah. and I was saying, oh, wow, and, you know, I haven't watched that for ages, love it. So um, <laughs> as well as watching our review web, um, I watched that the other night and oh, sweet, uh, I, sweet. I loved it. I love that DVD. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet. I've watched the first part of it. I had to turn it off, but I've started watching it. Yeah. It's it's great though. The, even the, the thing yeah. I'd, I guess say that even though I've seen it a few times, the thing I'd forgotten about is that, yeah, they sort of have it in parts. So they have like a little mm-hmm. cliffhanger and then they, in between, they have actual adverts from back in the day, which are Doctor Who adverts, which are just like amazing. You know, I think the first one's like a Patrick Charlton thing for a lolly, isn't it? But it's, That's right. Yeah. It's, not actually, it's not actually Patrick Charlton. It's like someone in a Doctor Who costume <laughs> with Daleks going in. It's like, and then this ice cream pops up on the screen and it's like, wow, this is, it's just retro heaven, that DVD. It is. Yeah. I'm going to finish such watching a cool it. idea. Yeah, yeah. This week, this weekend. So I'm going to finish it. Yeah. So you don't, you're on part one of it. Yes. Yeah. Part, yeah. Yeah. I had to turn it off. Unfortunately, I had to go out. But yeah, it's um what I've seen so far. It's. Yeah, it's one of those awesome little documentaries that mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's never going to get old either. No, no, I think it's, like it's you, brilliant. It's gonna be, yeah, it's great. It's brilliant. I love, I love how much effort they've gone into. The thing that's bugging me though is I'm, I'm sure, <clears throat> and this is where I need the views to help me because I think I'm getting mixed up somewhere. <clears throat> I'm sure I've seen like a making of because you know they've got little bits where that kid where he's going into the, uh, sort of the TARDIS and like the whole beginning. Uh, with that little boy running away from oh, Daleks, yeah. and then there's yeah. you've got shots of the TARDIS on the Westminster Bridge and all this. See, somewhere I remember seeing like a making of, and they were showing all these bits that they filmed in a cinema and didn't include. Um, and also, I seem to remember 
the companions that were in the cushion movies talking and outside mm-hmm. the TARDIS. So I was, I was thinking, where's the making of the documentary? I'm, I'm sure I saw this somewhere. And now I'm starting to think maybe it's for something else. And I just, I don't know, if anyone's listening out there that knows what it is I'm thinking of, because there's nothing on the DVD in terms of a making of that, that more than 30 years in the TARDIS documentary. But I just, in the back of my mind, remember seeing this cool little documentary. And it was really good. They were sort of filming the TARDIS in... Um, sort of about the back of this cinema for something. There's all these bits that they filmed that didn't include. And I think I'm mixing it up maybe with something else. I don't know. But it's bugging me now because as soon as I finished watching the one thirty years, I instantly went and find this thing that I was thinking of and I can't find it anywhere. I'm sure. Either it's one of my many Doctor Who dreams (laughs) that's blurred into reality or... There is something else out there that I'm mixing up with. So if anyone knows what I'm banging on about, please let me know. I'm sure there's I really some, want to yeah, see that. There must be some listeners yeah. out there that know what you're talking about. It's really yeah. bugging me. I just can't think what it is. But yeah, just just remember certain bits like yeah. that. But, you guys yeah. haven't let us down yet. Yeah, So that's if true. it's there, if it exists, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll let us know. That's it. So apart yeah. from that, uh, so watch that. Um, I've been ploughing through the 500th issue of Doctor Who magazine, which is, God, that didn't disappoint. Wow. Did you get it? Yep, I did. Yep. It was, what an issue, isn't it? I mean, it was literally, it was so cram-packed of good stuff that the folder it came in was literally exploding. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just brilliant. I mean, posters, two great big thick magazines, one of them with every single cover of every single issue they've ever done. Yeah. Oh, it's great flicking awesome. through there and seeing all those. Um, so I've been reading a bit of that. And the only other thing I've done this week is I did think, right, I'm going to go on and buy my ticket for London Film and Comic Con. And I hadn't realised how much they've gone up. I, wow. I'm yep. shocked, actually, because mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to going to that. Um, but they used to be a fiver, didn't they? We, yeah, because you and I spoke about this, didn't we? Yeah, I, think I, it was I, last thought, week. I thought, oh, yeah. Gary's got it wrong. He doesn't know what he's looking at the wrong thing, I thought. <laughs> you know, he's looking at the wrong prices. So I, so I yeah. went on, and sure enough, they have, they have jumped up in price. So maybe it's just a while since I've been, but... Like you, I'm sure I only paid a fiver last time I yeah. went. I think um, that was only that wasn't to that get long ago. Yeah, I think going back about five or six years. Yeah. Um, I you, I didn't even have to pre-book a ticket. I just turned up and paid just a fiver or six fifty or something like that on the door. Yeah. And went in, and it was um, and it was it was a you know, it was a big event even back then. So it was very busy. But yeah. I don't remember ever have ever having to book a ticket beforehand. Um, so. I mean, it's definitely not in line with inflation. No way, because it's now twenty pounds <laughs> um, just just for entry. Twenty pound entry, yeah. It doesn't it's include anything else. It's just twenty quid to get in and a pound. Uh, what do they call it? Fee on top of that. So it's mm-hmm. twenty one pounds just to get into the thing itself, which is um, a bit of a shock, really. I thought that was probably the early bird. You know, I thought, oh, that must be the early bird, but no, that's standard entry. Um, yep. And I think that's too much, really, because as I say, you don't really get anything for that apart from entry to the event itself. And then you've got to spend goodness knows how much on autographs and photo shoots. So uh, I've held off a little bit, although I'm still going to go. But I'm, yeah, I'm a bit shocked. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a tough one because in order for them to grow the event and get bigger people there, that's going to cost them a lot of money. Um, yeah. And I, this, I think it all kicked off. Was it last year when they had Michael J. Fox and... Yes, some other people uh, there from Back to the Future, and that's right. um, I think that I think last year was when it really blew up because I remember wanting to go, and 
looking on Twitter or something, and somebody had said, oh, Saturday is sold out. That's uh, right. And that was the first time that I can remember in the last few years where, you know, a day is sold out completely. Um, so I think that started a trend because this year they've got, um, was it uh, Jesse Eisenberg, um, a couple of people from the Big Bang Theory, yeah. um, some people from Game of Thrones and stuff. So they've got some real big people there, um, which I think is now the, the trend because obviously they want it to be one of the biggest, you know, Comic Cons around, mm. which is fair enough from their point of view. But in order to get those real big people there, they've got to pay the money. Yeah, they do yeah. charge a lot. So in order for that to happen, they need to put the ticket price up and blah blah blah. So mm. I can kind of see from their point of view why the price has gone up. But it is. I mean, when you compare it to something like San Diego, you know, like the master of all Comic Cons, the big one in San Diego. I mm. think that's like a couple of hundred quid to get in. I yeah. think it, you know maybe two hundred around dollars, but it's certainly over a hundred quid you know, to, to get into the event. Um, so it's kind of going that way, isn't it? It's kind of going into that very big, you know, national sized, you know, big, huge movie stars turning up. So yeah. I can kind of see why it is, but I was as shocked as you when yeah. I went on there. I thought, right, I'm just going to see, cause I'd seen on Twitter that they'd announced a few more people. And I was like, all right, I really should, you know, sort out getting a ticket. And when I went on there, the same as you, I was like, what? Yeah. 20 quid. I mean, it's it just, I think I'm shocked like you because it's risen up in price very quickly over the, you know a few years. Um, yeah, well, I was thinking when I went to when I went to the Cardiff one a couple of months back. Um, I think it was eight pounds to get in, which is about right. I thought it'd be yeah, you know, I thought eight pounds. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's not as big as the as the uh, London one, and certainly the guests there uh, this year weren't anywhere near as big as they have been. So maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe it depends on the yeah. scale of the guests they've got, which does make sense. But yeah, I, I must admit, I did hold off because I want to buy like um, a photo shoot with um, Michelle Gomez, which is 25 quid. So I was thinking, so that's already 45 quid, uh, probably nearly 50 with the fees. Um, I was thinking, I just can't afford this this month. I just so that's why I didn't bother getting it. Do you know I mean, it just adds up far, far too quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I still want to go. But I am now a little bit like, might have to just try and save up a little bit more before. Uh, yeah. Before July, isn't it? Is it July? Yeah, July. That's yeah. Yeah. End of July, twenty so, first yeah. or something, nineteenth or. So I'm going to buy a yeah. bit. Yeah, I'm going to buy it a bit closer to the time when hopefully I've got a bit more money. It's just I don't want to leave it too late because just in case they announce somebody mega big and it sells out. Because like you, I've always just rocked up on the day yeah. <laughs> and just gone swanned in. But yeah. but I know sometimes this one does sell out. So, yeah. yeah, won't leave it too late. But Yeah, I mean, we'll probably end... I mean, as much as we're, you know, having a bit of a, a, a whinge about it, um, we'll probably end up going anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I guess so. I definitely want to go. So Yeah, it's just a bit of a... Just a bit of an initial shock to see the... um. The ticket price at 20 quid, that was all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you've been up to much else, who-wise? Uh, uh, who-wise, um, no, not really. Um, obviously watched um, uh, the Aztecs. Yeah. Uh, watched that last night, actually. Um, I watched it um, digitally, this one. Oh, did you? Yeah. What, on, from the BBC store? From the BBC something? store, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Um <laughs> I just, I don't think I was upstairs. I'd finished doing some work and then I was just chilling out on the bed with my iPad. And I thought, let me just see how much it is on the store. Uh, it was a fiver. So I just grabbed it on there and watched it. Fair enough. Headphones on. Um, 
I just couldn't be bothered to go downstairs and put the DVD on, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, watch that. Um, I've also completed um, my seventh Doctor DVD collection now. Ah, oh, right. So what terms, was you missing? So I was missing Dragonfire and The Happiness Patrol. Ah, right. Which comes in that little Ace Adventures box set. Yeah. So yeah. they were the last two. So I've got all of the McCoy classics now. That's strange because I was going to ask you... Um, the other week, actually, oh, I forgot because you you were saying how about your opinion of McCoy had so changed yeah. dramatically yeah. changed, and I was going to ask you if there's any you hadn't seen yet. Um, I wasn't sure, so oh, that's good. So you've now got the whole lot. Yeah, so I've I've seen Dragonfire before, but now I've got it on DVD. The the only one story that I've not seen of his yet is the Happiness Patrol. So you've not seen it, okay? So I will stick that on at some point, probably mm. next week. Um, but yeah, so I've got more. I think I'm I'm fairly close. Um, I've got Colin Baker. Actually, I've got all of Colin Baker's. I've got Seventh Doctors. Um, I'm almost there with Tom Baker's. Uh, you got all of eight eight Doctors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got uh, the Eighth Doctor box set of of all one of them. Yeah, actually, talking of the Eighth Doctor, somebody spoke to us on Twitter, didn't they, a few days ago about the soundtrack to the Eighth Doctor's movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And um, the name escapes me. Who was it? Um, Basically, uh, yes, it was a guy called um, M. McGee hyphen Nerd Central. That's right. Because um, we said, oh, you know, because I sent you a, I forwarded you a tweet to say, oh, the the Eighth Doctor's soundtrack is uh, knocking about. Yeah, because I never realised it got a, a independent release. I thought it, I, I didn't know that. So apparently, mm. it did it at is. some point. Um, yeah. Probably close to when it came out. It got like an official soundtrack release. Um, nobody answered my question there because I said I've never ever seen this in the UK. Was it a UK release or US? And no one answered, so maybe they didn't know. Um, and I didn't. Um, I forgot to Google it. But I, I'd be interested to know a bit more about this because I didn't know it got an official release. It so, did. Yes. Yeah. It, it got a release in the US and Australia. Ah, and it's very yes. hard to find. Well, isn't it? Well. Oh. Well. Have you got it? It's on route. Really? Wow. Yeah. Where did you find it? On Good eBay. old eBay. I Good bet. old eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found it on eBay for a tenner. Um, wow. And I had to pay a few quid shipping from Australia. Um, but it's okay. apparently new, sealed. So it's on Argue. its way. So, yeah, um, be- yeah. So I said that the um, the person who hit us up on Twitter, he said, let us know if we found it. Um, and I found it. It's such a yesterday. good soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Oh, good find. Yeah, so it's on its way. So other than that, nothing else here wise, buddy. No, it's good. It was interesting that that guy sent us a couple of alternative covers for it as well, didn't it? And um yeah. it's interesting because the the best one they didn't use, or the better one, if you like, they didn't use, did they? They sort of went with this dark cover, which they should have gone with a prototype. It looked, it looked much better, didn't it? Uh yes. Colour white, yeah. Yeah, looked much better. Excellent. Yeah. So that's what we've been up to. Shall we see what's going on in the world of who? Yes, let's land it. Shall we land it and do the news? First up. Six Doctors back on the radio. Yes, Colin's back. Colin's back. Old Colin. <laughs> um, radio 4 Extra um, mm. on Saturdays, 6pm. 
Um, Good time. Uh, can you listen to this digitally? So I'm just thinking um, any of our listeners that are not in the UK, can you get Radio 4 Extra online? Um, I okay. Yeah, I think so. Don't yeah. quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure it's on there, yeah. Should be able to listen to I think most of the BBC stations are online, Yeah, the radio. Um, so yes, uh, there's a new Big Finish story, uh, which is going to launch on BBC Radio uh, for the first time in years, uh, apparently. It's been a while, yeah. has been a while. Um, it's going to be on, yeah, so Saturdays at 6pm, and the story is The Crimes of Thomas Brewster. Ah, right, yeah. Uh, so that's going to kick off. Um, is it this Saturday? Uh, I think. Hold on one second. I remember. I was going to say, yeah, I remember. There's a whole series of the Thomas Brewster ones from from what I remember. Yeah, with um, the companion is uh, Maggie Staples in these. Yeah, yes. they're quite good fun actually. Actually, um, you'll be able to listen to these on iPlayer. Ah, oh, right. Yes, because um, I forgot that iPlayer also does all the radio stuff. Um, yeah, I never I do, think to look at it there. Yeah. Um, so this looks really good. I'm really glad that the, um, the Doctor Who audio is back on the radio because I think they did this um, uh, going back many years now. Um, didn't they do um, a load of stuff on, on BBC4? Yeah, it was the Paul, uh, the Paul McGann ones, wasn't it? You know when they did like um, the Ape Doctor Adventures? So That's they were just right. like his own little run. Um, and they started with a Cyberman two-parter. Um, what was that called? Um, I'm going to forget now, but yes, it was good. It was good to have, because, you, you know, a bit of McGann back and he was on the radio and stuff. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, and that was, I think that was before it was Radio 4 Extra, just good old BBC Radio 4. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, that's really good. Um, big Finish, uh, starring Colin Baker. Um, uh, also features um, Maggie Staples. Yeah, she's very good, actually. I like Maggie. As Evelyn, yeah, pretty good. Mm. And your your buddy, David Troughton. Oh. as uh, Raymond Gallagher mm. um, so yes and also um, uh, apparently uh, on uh, this weekend um, they're going to repeat the 50th anniversary program Who Made Who mm. um, which was uh, presented by Tracy Ann o uh, Oberman I always get that name wrong Tracy Ann Oberman I always say Oberman don't I it's, just, it's an Oberman is it Oberman I think it is it is Oberman I think yeah yeah um, so that's going out um, at 7pm. Yeah. On I don't remember that. Um, I don't know if you've heard it before, have you? That Who Made Who? I don't don't remember that one. No, because before Big Finish, I wasn't really into like the whole radio, you know, tuning into what's going on on the radio sort of thing, you know. It's, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, yeah. So really good that some uh, some Who stuff is going back on the radio. Mm -hmm. um, and it's even better that you can catch it all. So both of those, the Big Finish story, the crimes of Thomas Brewster, and the documentary Who Made Who will both be on iPlayer over the next month. Yeah, so big finish for free. That's always good, isn't it? Yeah, so check it out. That's cool. Okay, in other news, those of you with wads of cash to spare, <laughs> get yourself over to Bamford's Film and Memorabilia Sale um, that's taking place in Derby uh, on the 8th of June. Um, they're having a big sale of uh, props and costumes, and a lot of them um, are from our beloved show, Doctor Who. And I've been looking at the list of stuff available. No time of the Rani brain this time, which is uh, sad. Aww. My blimmin' partner said, um, oh, you should have got that brain. 
Oh, and I was what? like, oh, that's not what you said at the time. Yeah, backtracking, oh, everybody. Backtracking. Yeah. Uh, but there is some cool. There is some good stuff here. There's a few little oddities as well. So um, mm. let's have a look down there. So you've got the the magma beast from um, Caves of Androzani. Oh yeah. That made me think of uh, Bob Fleming from the Proctor <laughs> Who podcast. If you're listening, Bob, I know you love the magma beast. So maybe you might want to uh, stump up some cash for that one. Magma. Um, Magma beast. It is magma, isn't it? I'm saying magma, it right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Cyberman costume looks like the cyber leader, actually, presumably David Banks. From Earthshock. Yep. Uh, yeah, we've got a slightly wonky ice warrior costume. <laughs> looks a bit, <laughs> looks like he's uh, been through the wars, yeah. um, that one. Uh, we've got the snake from Snake Dance. Oh, yes. Uh, um, uh, fifth Doctor, sorry, is it? Fifth Doctor, yeah, yep. Snake Dance, uh, the Mara Snake yep. effigy, yeah. Um, and uh, this is quite exciting. You've got the pinball machine, which we very often talk about. Now, these aren't that easy to get, are they? And this no, is, no. Oh, I'd, lo- I'd love one of these in the hall. Um, mm. I would just absolutely love to get my hands on one of those. Goodness knows how much they'll sell for. But That'll be, yeah, I don't think we'll be able imagine? to. Imagine, it's the that ultimate, one. isn't it? It's the ultimate thing for a Who fan to have in his house. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? We've got a strange looking Davros mask. I don't know where that's from because that doesn't look. I don't know. It doesn't quite look right to me, but presumably it's a, it's a real one. I don't know. It doesn't quite look right that Davros mask, but uh, uh, yeah, it does look quite cool. Um, it I just, does. Yeah. yeah. What else we got? Uh, coin-operated Dalek fairground amusement ride. Yeah, that's interesting because um, that looked good in the front room. It looks very retro. Yeah, it's a yeah, red like Dalek, that. isn't it, with the black balls? That's it. Um, there's also an actual Dalek, a very rare original Dalek po- uh, prop in the red paintwork with the silver balls hmm. uh, from the Dalek invasion of Earth. Oh, I love those. I love those Daleks. That one's going to go for serious money. Mm. Um, and there's a few other bits. It's mainly costumes and outfits. Um, there's like uh, stuff from the Horns of Nimon, uh, Paladon, Caves, Creature of the Pit, um, Resurrection of the Daleks. So loads of classic stuff. Yeah. Great. Um, there's also a fruit machine. A Doctor Who fruit machine, which I never oh, knew existed. Just seen that? No, yeah. I didn't. No, I don't think I don't remember that. No, I don't think I've seen that before. Um, one of the coolest things on here, though, is the actual TARDIS prop used in the Doctor Who stage show. Oh, is that the? Oh, what was that called? Um, oh, is that the one with Pert, had John Pertwee and Colin Baker in it? That's is right. That it, yeah. Um, so it the Ultimate Adventure. Yeah. Ultimate Adventure. Is it that one? Yeah. So obviously it's not exactly the same design as you would see from the classic years or even in the modern years, but it's still, you know, a full-size TARDIS replica. Yeah. It's not canon, is it? But, you know, still great. Well, I don't know, Pert, we might have brushed his hand against it, um, adding on a few noughts. Um. Yeah, so that was (laughs) going to go for loads of dosh. If you were going to have one thing... Off of here, and I'm going to exclude the I'm going to exclude the um, pinball machine because I know we'd both have that. But if you were going to go for one thing on here, what would it be? Do you reckon it would probably be um, the Dalek from Dalek Invasion of Earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. good shout. Yeah. What about you? Same. Um, well, if you're nabbing that, let's say you've outbid me on that. Um, <laughs> I quite like the coin operated thing. I think that looks very retro, but I can, <laughs> I've just got visions of me trying to get in it and not being able to get back out. <laughs> what is, it's got like a little hatch at the side. It's only uh, got a very small 
it's door clearly for, for kids. Yeah, yeah, I can just see me trying to cram into that and uh, and getting stuck. Um, actually, <laughs> I quite like the uh, Earthshock Cyberman outfit, but again. Um, I have visions of it splitting at the seams with me trying to get into it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The snake thing looks really good, but I think that would freak me out because it's like pink and yellow and it looks... I think that would freak me out having that in the... Uh, right, right. In the house. I'm going to I'm gonna go for the Magma Beast because Caves is such a classic story. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go for the Magma Beast. I'll prop him up in the corner of the room. He'd look pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Looks good. So if you want to check out its... Um uh, the website is Bamford's, so B-A-M for mother, F-O-R-D-S, um, it's Bamford's, and the website is bamford's-auctions.co.uk, and if you just stick Doctor Who up in the search box at the top there, you'll get the um, you'll get the Doctor Who auctions, and I think, um, uh, when does this stuff actually kick off? Because you can inquire at the moment, they're not actually, you can't actually bid on anything as yet. Eighth uh, of eighth of June is the actual it's Wednesday. Eighth of June, yeah, excellent. So, so yeah, it's worth having a look just I, to see some of the stuff on there. I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to jump on there just out of uh, uh, just to see what the prices actually are for some of it. Yeah, um, I might throw my hand in there just to say I've bid on something and hope that I get out. <laughs> if, if you're wearing uh, if you're wearing one of these costumes next week <laughs> on the podcast, uh, I'll know know what's happened. Yeah, yeah or so you've just got that snake wrap around your neck. <laughs> you just do that. Yeah, or you'll just see me like rocking around in this Dalek little kid's <laughs> toy thing. <laughs> so yes, grab yourself uh, some uh, memorabilia from the classic <laughs> years if you can afford it. Yeah, that's going to do for um. For news, uh, we haven't really got much in a way of merchandise this week. I haven't seen anything significant worth talking about. Uh, the only thing that's been released would be uh, yesterday, the 1st of June. Um, so that would be Titan Comic release day. And um, there's a slew of new comics in the current run. So Torture number two. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, year two comics for the 9th, 10th and 11th Doctors. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so number number five in the Ninth Doctor run, uh, issue number 14 in the Tenth Doctor run, and issue uh, number 11 in the Twelfth Doctor run. Uh, so if you're into your Titan comics, they were all out yesterday, so go out and grab those. And we're going to do for news and merch there. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Adam, yes, what are we doing dear. this week? <laughs> this week we are drifting back to the 15th century uh, for the Aztecs. That came out of the tomb. And the man who discovered it later disappeared in the garden. And on the wall there's a stone with Yataxa's sign on it. You mean there's a tunnel from there to the tomb? Yes, that's what I suspect. Where did you get hold of this? My fiancé. I see. Oh, what? Yes, I made some cocoa and got engaged. Oh, don't giggle, my boy. It's neither here nor there. We must find that tunnel tonight. Yes, all right. Now, I'll wait for you in the garden, and when Ixter's asleep, you come out. Yes, I will, all right. Oh, by the way, Doctor, congratulations. <laughs> the Aztecs. Le- best line in it. I love yep. that bit. Mates and Coco and got engaged. Got engaged, as only the Doctor can do. Yeah. So the Aztecs, this was out in 1964. Mm. Uh, it's a four-parter. And uh, I'm going to say this now while I remember, because I'll probably forget later. Um, but it's potentially one of the most perfectly paced 
um, classic four-parters that you can get hold of. Yes, yeah, I'd go along with I that. It's very well paced. Just yeah. going to mention that because um, I know a lot of the classic stuff can stretch out over the six parts and even longer. Um, but this one, uh, in terms of the story and how it progresses over the four parts, is uh, one of the best. Yeah, very nicely done. Yeah. Yes. So, as we all know, starring the first Doctor, William Hartnell, mm-hmm. um, with the TARDIS team of Susan, Barbara and Ian, yeah. or Ian, as they call him <laughs> in this, and the, uh, the TARDIS team have landed uh, way back uh, in the 15th century um, in Aztecs. Me- it is in Mexico, isn't it? Mexico, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, while they're rifling through um, some of the possessions uh, in the tomb that they've landed, Barbara finds, uh, uh, finds a, a serpent bracelet thing. She sticks that on, um, and as she gets discovered, uh, they see her wearing this and they mistake her for uh, the god, uh, what's it called? The god uh, Yatexa. Yatexa, y- yeah. sorry. Uh, so they mistake her for the, the god Yatexa, and uh, but there's one particular character who's uh, absolutely against the idea from the off. <laughs> and um, uh, And then the story basically progresses with um, this kind of two in and throw in where it's uh, one particular character um, tries to prove that Barbara is not this god um, and then she's also trying to gain the trust and uh, make friendships with other people in the camp to you know to prove that she is and along the way some of the companions get roped into combat um, <laughs> potential punishments in front of the, the Aztecs uh, and all sorts of stuff and then culminates in the end with um just barely just you know just barely being able to escape um in the TARDIS. So the Aztecs uh off the bat mate, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's it's a great little story this one. Ah, uh, yeah, I I agree with you about the pacing. I must admit I think it is really nicely paced because um even stories that I really like from early Who, um, they do sometimes have <laughs> you know, pacing issues where you think, like you said, you end up sort of zoning out a bit or looking at your watch or phone, whatever, you know. So, yeah, it is really nicely paced. It's a good little story. It's, it's strange, actually, because when you look at the actual storyline, like you said, it's, um, yeah, the story is nice and simple, isn't it? It's just, you know, it's just like you said, back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think but because we get some good characters in it. Um, and also, it's nice to have... Um, Barbara as centre sort of stage because I like I like the character of Barbara. Hmm. Um, so yeah, overall I, I really really like this story. Uh, I think it's a, re- a really good good little gem from. It's really weird to say this from the first series of Doctor Who because <laughs> it was like it was like the sixth story I think. Is that right? Sixth story in the very first series. That's so, right. Yep. So still yep. Um, still very early days for Doctor Who when this yeah when yeah. this went out. Um, but I think the cast gel great and. And everything. So, yeah, I'm with you on this one. I like it. like it a lot. Good stuff. Yeah, I like it um, massively. I think it's one of my favourite... I think it's one of my favourite classic stories, really, from all of Classic Who. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say one of your favourite first Doctor stories, but one of your favourite classics. I think so, yeah. I Mm. think it's um, one of my fave classics in the way that um, it was so cleverly directed. And so cleverly written. I, I think um, one of the things that springs to mind, I think I've seen this like four times now, 
And one of the things that always springs to mind after I've watched it, and I think one of our listeners actually said a similar comment um, when we get on to the listener reviews a bit later, but um, the production on it is so simple. Mm. I think it's two sets. No, three sets. I think it's three sets all in all. Um, and they managed to make a two-hour story just as engaging throughout and interesting. And um, and it, and it's every time I watch it, I feel like I've just been to the theatre. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels exactly like a play. Because you can imagine if you go to... If you go to a West End show or something like that, the the sets change, and then but it's the same it's the same environment, you know. So the sets might change a little bit, and the scene we you know with the scenes, but it's the same environment, and it's the same with this. There's only a few scenes or a few sets that they created for it, or three or four, because there's the 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 initial little tomb area. There's the bit yeah. just outside the tomb where Barbara sits for the majority of the story, yeah. which goes out into these which goes out into this sort of patio area. And then it's got this, these brilliant sort of huge paintings that look like you're looking out across, you know, you know, the Aztec population and all the buildings and so on. Then you've got the, the garden and then you've got the little bit where, uh, Ian has his fight, <laughs> you know, he has his fight. fight yeah. yeah. So you've got those little areas and that's it. That's all they, that's all you have pretty much for the entire story. Yeah. So it just moves from little scene to little scene and it relies solely on the amazing acting skills um of the cast and the writing. Yeah. You know, there's no huge um there's no the, the only visual effect we have is right at the very beginning where you see the little tiny toy TARDIS. Oh yeah. Um dematerialize. Look. And that's right, yeah, I was going to say, and I think that was reused from the week before, I think, as well. Probably. So it's just like, yeah, it's a, that's the only bit, isn't it? Probably, yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's the only visual effect we have in the entire story. Yeah. Everything else is just good old-fashioned, you know, almost a, it's almost a stage play. It is. Um, I, yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from with that. It so, totally is, yeah. Yeah, and I, get that, and I get that really great feeling after watching it every time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just incredibly written. So I, I love it for that. Um, right story story the Aztecs sacrifice real kind of historical educational mm. almost um, story this one and I, I think that was kind of the kind of the mission wasn't it for Doctor Who when it very first started because yeah. it had the ability to travel back in time and so on as well as forward in time but one of the big pulls especially for younger viewers at the time was that it was almost surreal to go back in time and visit these ancient populations and and so on um so that was the that i think that was one of the primary things wasn't it it was an educational historical uh, story because it does try to stay fairly factual yeah and i think like you said i think when they first yeah when dot two first started that they sort of that was their intention a lot of the time wasn't it to sort of mix it up and have some stories that were just you know like the daleks that were sort of fantasy but then also because you've got this brilliant concept of the time machine to mm. actually you know try and help educate kids as well because you know obviously it was very much aimed as a kid's show when it when it started um so yeah yeah and i said like i think this very often gets regarded as one of the best sort of historical who's yeah um from the classic era and you can see why because it's um yeah it does it, it puts it out there for you to see you know it doesn't doesn't uh doesn't mess around i mean you know it's all about the fact that the aztecs um used to 
have this human sacrifice thinking it brought rain uh, which right. of course it didn't yeah. which is what Barbara tries to stop she's horrified by it and um, leads to one of the all time classic lines and it's the first time it's said isn't it where the doctor says to to Barbara um, you can't rewrite history not one line that's it and he's yeah. really going for yeah. it I mean it's that, even that scene just sends a shudder uh, down my back because it's just Hartnell delivering it like only Hartnell could um, yeah. so yeah but it's a great historical story you're right and you also without even realising it really you also sort of absorb a bit of a bit of knowledge so it is a bit educational as well but it doesn't feel like it's you know ramming it down your throat it's just just part of the story and it works really well yeah it does because they've got um, some of the costumes I'm, I'm assuming they did some research into some of that stuff um, some, of the costumes. some very fetching headgear. <laughs> some headgear, yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, the the huge paintings that that make up the backdrop for some of these sets. Oh yeah, um, are incredible. They're huge as well. Massive, massive paintings, and the architecture is quite accurate. Um, and also some of the um, some of the social aspects of the Aztecs as well, like mm. the whole thing about marriage and um, oh, sacrifice yeah. and all that stuff. You know, so um, that's one of the the good aspects about this. Like you say, That's, you know, it's not rammed in your face. You know, you must learn. Yeah, but, it, but you it, kind of just take it in, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you just get swept away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really like the whole Aztec thing, the whole educational stuff like that. Um, what did you think to watching this as a four-parter? Because it is very old now. And um, mm. thankfully, the special edition version, the picture is pretty good. It is, The yeah. picture quality has been, you know, it's all been restored and sorted out. But... Um, if you just jump online, you'll be able to see plenty of clips from the unrestored uh, version, where the, you know, the picture quality is very, very wavy and shaky, mm. and there's dirt all over the film and everything like that. Um, so luckily, we've been treated to a restored version, but it's still you can absolutely tell that this is back in the '60s and it's very old. Um, mm. But it just seemed to be. Um, initially, I was going to say ahead of its time. And it's not, it wasn't really because it, it has all the, all the sort of hallmarks of a TV show that was made back in the 60s. Um, yeah. But the, the direction and the writing in this one, um, I just found it to be on point for pretty much most of each episode. Um, it just never seemed to let up for me. I don't know if you found that. Um, it, 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 was, it was paced in these really nice um, sort of intense conversations then these nice little conversations between the doctor and other people, then it go back to um, intense stuff um, and then back down again with the doctor, very calm and in the garden, having some cocoa with his fiance. And then, yeah. um, then it go back up and there'd be like a fight scene with Ian and then it go back down. So it was this really lovely um, sort of up and down throughout every episode. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, you know I, mean? I think, yeah, I do. I think the majority of uh, of of that is 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 bang on. Um, it's, it's one of the things that's quite difficult with Doctor Who back then is when we come to fight scenes, they can r- very often be really hard work to watch because they can, you know, they're just so fake and and rehearsed and and clumsily filmed. And you know, um, thankfully in this one, they're they're not too bad because we get a couple of fight scenes, don't we? Um, but they're, they're they're pretty decent, like I said, for the time. They're, they're not they're not great they're not don't get me wrong they're not yeah. you know you're not going to watch it and sort of um be covering your eyes thinking oh no ian's about to get killed but but um but yeah i do think i do think the direction's pretty good in this for for the time yeah yeah they're not um they're not adric bad 
<laughs> no. They're not. Qu- <laughs> they're not quite Adric bad, are they? But uh, the, the, yeah, I think because just fight choreography back then was just very. It just looked a bit laboured, didn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. compared to um, sort of action sequences in today's TV and film, where it's very, very fast paced and cut together very quickly, and it just seems very because the way it's edited, it's just very long and laboured. Even like one blow with a club, it's like. But you saying about the direction? <laughs> <laughs> the, the good thing he tries to do in this because very often they would just literally have a camera on them while they sort of very slowly did this choreographed fight. Yeah. But in this one, the director, who was the director, by the way, um, John Crockett, he does try and mix it up a bit because we get some sort of um, first-hand shots, don't we? So he actually gets shots cut in That's where right. you're yep. sort of seeing sort of, a, what do you call that, when you're seeing the First-person view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that does help slightly just break up you know the the sort of fight sequence that we used to get back then yeah so that's exactly what i meant by when i thought to myself it was ahead of its time but it's not really but when you see scenes like that where it cuts Mm. in where the it cuts into the guys actually running towards the camera and taking swipes at the camera and stuff and it cuts back to the other person um that sort of stuff you didn't really see Especially no, they didn't who, used to really, really have the time for it in no. Doctor about then. They just didn't have the time to sort of do what were then sort of complicated mm. things. You know, it used to be just like, no, it's just got to get it shot and in the can and out. You know, so yeah. it's quite nice that they've they've gone that little bit yeah. further in this. Yeah, um, and hats off to the uh, the production in this as well. And I'll probably mention it quite a few more times as we go on. But um, just what they had to work with in terms of studio set. Um, it's just incredible. Um, yeah. They are nice sets. Yeah. What's, um, there's a little book out. I've always wanted to get it. Um, uh, just of, of pictures of the sets. Uh, who's the set designer? Because uh, they cross of the sets. This one features quite prominently. Um, in it. um, it's not Barry Newbury, is it? People will be screaming out at us again. Um, but anyway, yeah, there is a nice little book somewhere out there which um which i may pick up now i always whenever i go to fp they've always got it in there and it's quite expensive because it's quite a small little book i'll always pick up and flick through it just to look at the old sets but uh, i've never bought it but <laughs> i okay. might do now okay. yeah um yeah i think um yeah i think it's it's quite a rare book now i would say i don't think it had a particularly large print run no it didn't it's it's like 25 quid for quite a small little book yeah yeah, yeah. um but if you're into that stuff, though, like I am, mm. it might be worth pick up. Um, so yeah, production-wise, directing-wise, I think it was um, just all gelled together really well um, to make use of a really small um, recording studio, small sets, but every scene is quite key. Um, so you know some of the six-parters or the eight-parters in classic years, we sometimes say that this could be it could benefit from being a four-parter because they could have chopped that out. They could have chopped that out. You know, didn't need to go on that long. I think this one, every, yeah. every, every scene is pretty much key to the story because the conversations that happen between all the different characters really do push the story forward. There isn't one yeah. particular scene where you think, well, that was irrelevant or we could have done without that because every scene um, leads on to a consequence in the following scene. 
It builds quite nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Because like sometimes episode three of, of stories can drag. Um, and this this one doesn't really. It did, yeah, you're right. It does all kind of build up quite well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, really well written. So John uh, Luca, uh, Luca Roti. Yeah, I've not heard of him. Mm. Um, did he do any other Doctor Who's? I was just, that's what I was just going to have a look at. Because I, I was quite curious because I, I liked this story and I've watched it quite a few times, but bizarrely never really sort of thought about the writer much, you know, because it is a great, like you said, it is well written. Um, and I don't know if this was his only Doctor Who. Uh, did he do? Let's have a look. Doctor Who in the fifties, three series. Oh, Marco Polo, right, right. He did Marco Polo yeah. as well? So yeah, yeah. So he's like you said, very well written. Uh, it's yeah. just not a name that you know. If ever you sort of think of Doctor Who writers, that you you all sort of tend to talk about the same ones. And uh, mm. this is a great story, but his name doesn't very often come up. Yeah, he did um, an early script for the Ark in Space as well. Did he? Yeah. Oh, right. I think it was messed with quite a lot by uh, Robert Holmes, but yeah. I never knew that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So the little sort of sweet gems that he's done, he's contributed to Doctor Who have been really good. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't drag him back by the collar into the office and sat him down and forced <laughs> him to write um, some more stories. But really well written, this one. Um, great dialogue. Um, characters, he wrote some great characters for this one. Mm. Uh, so great dialogue, great characters, and yeah, uh, John Crockett direction, very, very good for what they had to work with back in the 60s and hardly any money. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's talk about cast. Yeah. Let's talk about cast. We're going to struggle here, aren't we? I know. I was saying to Gary before we started recording, um, as soon as I started watching this, I was laughing because I knew we were going to struggle with the cast names in this. Uh, A, pronouncing them, and B, actually remembering who was who. Because all the way through, I was thinking, I was trying to make notes so I didn't forget. I was like, what's his name? Who's that? Yeah. Because yeah. so we get some interesting names. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's four. There's four main support cast characters, isn't there? Um, there's the There's the woman that the Doctor gets inadvertently engaged to i love that uh, kamika yeah. there's the warrior guy who has uh, a bit of a a tiff with ian throughout the entire story called ixter is he the one that ian brings down with one finger yes he does a oh, i love that scene. Yeah. ian don't take no bleep does he no i love that scene he's andy isn't he with a with his thumb yeah um then there's right so then there's the guy who's the the high priest of sacrifice and his name he's called latoxor mm. and i'm pretty sure it's a silent t at the beginning yeah because it's got a t but then it's l and they never pronounce the t from what i I've and is he the one that looks sort of like a i don't know skinny man or is he the one that's sort of got the blackened stripe yeah. across his mouth yeah he the, he's the one that's like a disney character right throughout this story yeah and then there's the other guy called ortlock who's the high priest of something else. He's the one who sort of he, sides with Barbara, yeah? He, fr- he befriends Barbara, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he, he buys into the whole thing that she's a god. And, whereas Latoxel, who's He's having none of it. possibly one of the best characters ever written in Classic Who, was just so funny without even trying to be funny. He was like a sidekick in a Disney film. He was like... Yeah. He was like one of the little, little evil sidekick characters that you find uh, in an animated movie. He was just yeah. so, ah, oh, crikey. Well, come on to him anyway. It was so funny. But um, for the most part, I thought the supporting cast were really good. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that the supporting cast are, are, are very good. 
Yeah. Really cool. So let's talk about Kamika very quickly. She was the woman that sort of mopes around the garden. Because um, yeah. I'm not sure if this was factually accurate, but um, apparently the Aztecs, when they get over a certain age, um, which is very early retirement age, I think it's a, just 50 or something. Yeah. Um, they, have, they didn't live as long then, don't forget. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, but they have the right to then give up whatever work and just spend every day relaxing in the garden. Sounds good. Yeah. Just pondering around, having a, a natter with people, admiring the view. Um, and Kamika's one of these people. She lost her husband, didn't she? Um, mm. Quite a few years before this point. Um, and uh, so she's a she's a widow. The doctor, she clings to the doctor because he's so, he's so charming in this. Yeah. He's so nice and charming. She clings on to him. And, uh, and she is quite sweet, really. She falls for him, doesn't she, big time? Oh, that's right, yeah. Like yeah. literally falls for him he wants to marry him but it, if you haven't listeners if you haven't seen this story it's not in a stalkery way she yet she doesn't fall for him <laughs> and she's like all over him in a in a weird stalker way everything like that it's all very sweet and um she, i think she's just looking looking for love yeah those scenes between her and hartnell are just so good aren't they yeah They're so nice yeah. yeah and there's there's one scene where she can uh, she can sorry the doctor confuses going off to make some cocoa a cocoa drink coming back he confuses that with some kind of proposal to her and she says you know, something like i accept you know i accept your proposal and that's that brilliant scene where the where the camera shoots down onto hartnell's face and he's got that look of terror yeah and shock right. in his face and he's like oh geez what have i done there goes there goes the journey and around time and space now i've got a bleeding now i've got a ball and chain because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can see that in his face he's, he's you're thinking he's thinking oh crikey um so that I, I always crack up at that scene i love it yeah it's yeah. such a great little scene yeah, yeah it's like when people wake up in vegas and they're married and they're like oh my god yeah what did i do <laughs> last night do? yeah too much cocoa <laughs> so she's very cool she plays that really well yeah. um what about ixta the warrior is that that's the one that uh, Ian fights with? Is it? That's the one that they have like a kind of playground. Yes. Um, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. <laughs> um, thing. So Ixter, he's uh, he's the the warrior guy that Latoxel um, sort of gets on his side, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, he sides with yeah. Yeah, and uh, they have a big old scrap at some oh, point yes, in the story, don't they? Yeah, I was going to say I kind of he, he's 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 fine as a supporting cast, but you do love it when he gets taken down. He's <laughs> very just, cocky. He's very cocky. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, come on, Ian, you can do this. Come on, Ian, take this Ian. guy down big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's uh, he's okay. I thought they could have maybe cast somebody a bit physically stronger. Yeah. Because he's not really the biggest guy. He's meant to be like a guy that's won various battles and. And he's going to, you know, as long as he can defeat Ian, he's going to command the armies of of all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah, you would have thought that they would have cast somebody a bit more. You know, like when we reviewed uh, um, the Troughton story recently, um, the Cybermen, when they go... Oh, you're thinking of Toberman? Uh, yes. Yeah. That was great casting for somebody like of that type of stature, you know? 
Oh, yeah, because it was built like a, yeah. a brick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you would have thought that they would have cast somebody more similar to that. Yeah, but then maybe it wouldn't have been so convincing when Ian takes him down with his thumb. I don't you know. Yeah? I don't yeah. know. Because yeah. uh, that was almost a, uh, I'm not a Trekkie, you're a Trekkie. Yeah. Isn't that almost like, um, what's his name? What's that death grip called where... Oh, Spock. Spock. You're so not a Trekkie, are you? I'm not a Trekkie at all. Uh, Fake Air is not a Trekkie. Yeah, Spock, the Vulcan... The Vulcan... Uh, the Vulcan death grip, that's it. Death grip, yeah. Where he just puts like his his finger and thumb on your neck it and that's it. It's game down. over. Basically, Ian does the similar thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and I didn't think he was going to... Remember the first time I watched this, I thought, here we go, what's he about? Because he goes, <laughs> I can bring a man down with just my thumb. Ian's very sure of himself in this, isn't he? Uh, actually he's a bit of a bruiser he is he's, he's really sort of like taking no nonsense in this episode yeah, yeah completely does away with the typical nerdy looking school teacher yeah he's quite, quite different to how he is yeah. oh yeah yeah dishes out a few slaps takes a guy down with just his thumb he, he does kill a guy later doesn't he, he which is a bit strange well he has but another when you fight think about it doesn't yeah. he? he has another fight with Ixter at the end and mm. just basically tosses him over the edge of the pyramid. Yeah. And that's it. He's done. That's right. So don't mess with it. Do not <laughs> mess with Ian Chesterton. Um, he is good Because he, you know, he won't do, he won't, doesn't do these things lightly, but he will, he will look after himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's also, there's another bit where a guy, you know, when Barbara saves that, saves that guy from being sacrificed. Yes. And then he kind of just jumps over the walls and he's like, you've, I wanted to be given to the gods. What have you done? And then stripped like, me off my honour. Yeah, yeah, jumps over the wall. I was like, oh dear. Yeah, what's going on? That's a good yeah. point. There are a couple of death scenes in this. Mm. Um, nothing gruesome, but no. Although you do see Ixter in like a crippled heap <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the pavement when the camera's meant to show you his fall from like two hundred feet or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, and um, mind you. Ixter does get his own back on Ian because the doctor, unbeknownst to the doctor, he doesn't know that Ixter's going to fight Ian. And he gives him like the little thorn. Oh, the, the poison thorn, the poison yeah. Thorn, the poison thorn and said if you scratch him on his the inside of his wrist, mm. you know, he won't kill him, but you know, you'll be able to win the fight pretty easy. Yeah. And uh, so Ian, so Ixter does get a bit of a one-up on him there. I love the fact the doctor's so blimmin', you know, savvy and all these things, you know. <laughs> Knows all these little tricks of the trade. Well, he's probably been there numerous times before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ixter, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a cocky dude. He knows he's uh, he's won his fair share of fights and battles, but just no match for Arian. No. Yeah. Uh, what about um, Ortlock? Ortlock. Oh, I like Ortlock a lot. He's so uh, he's the one that's that helps, but sort of sides with Barbara, and he believes all of her. Her nonsense and and stuff, but he's I really like him, like the actor, like the character. Love the the, the look of you know that they've given him yeah. with his hair all brushed down and his costume is, yeah, yeah, good character. Like yeah. him, uh, cast pretty well as well. He's quite he's, he's really a fairly good, yeah. older older chap in this. He's the high priest of knowledge. He's got one of those faces, isn't he? Yeah, that, that actor. Do you know what I mean? He just totally suits that part. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So he's been around a bit. Loads of wisdom and knowledge and all the rest of it. Um, so really well cast. And he's um, he he actually sacrifices his his kind of reputation and everything towards the end, doesn't he? Because he goes through the story, yeah. you know, really backing up Barbara as as this god and 
always mm. battling against Latoxel to say, you know, she is this god and, you know, really fighting the fight for her. And I, I like it when he's with um, Susan as well and she's like, how dare you try and put me into an arranged marriage? And he's yeah. really like shocked, isn't he? That, uh, you know, that she's she's having none of it. He's quite upset, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he, can't he can't understand why she's so annoyed. He's like, well, what's well, he, wrong with it? Well, that's <laughs> cool because that, that's well written because yeah. no, I, I'm assuming anyway, that there wouldn't be any women of that era who would refuse that or would stand up to him or anything. So. Yeah, he can't believe it, can he? He's really shocked, yeah. But so no, he's a great little actor. Yeah, really like good great casting, yeah. Keith Piot, or Piot. Keith yeah. Piot, I think. Uh, really well played, really underplayed as well. Never loses mm. his cool. Um, even when he gets a slap on the head um, and he's out for the count, you know, he never gets angry, always just retains that kind of almost regal uh, uh, persona about him. Yeah, yeah, uh, Regal's a good one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so really cool. And then <laughs> let's talk about Latoxel, mm-hmm. um, who pulls some of the best facial expressions. Some of them he has to hold for ages while they put the next week's caption up. The end, like, of, the episode end of episode two. He has to, is they're like, right, hold that pose. Yeah. A little bit more, a little bit longer. And <laughs> cut. And he's, like, he's just really <laughs> holding the bad, the bad guy gritting teeth yeah. I, I think that's at the end of episode two because yeah. he's having a little it's, it's quite funny really because he's talking to somebody in that scene but it's almost like a monologue he's almost it's almost like he's having a good old rant to himself he's what he mm. winds himself up a lot of the time in this um because no <laughs> nobody's really disagreeing with him or apart from ortlock Nobody's really disagreeing with him, but he's still losing his cool a lot. He's still yelling at people. Yeah. And then there's that, <laughs> there's that scene mm-hmm. at the end of episode two where he's like, I will destroy her. <laughs> yeah, hold it. And then hold he's got it. a grimacing <laughs> face. And the camera stays on him for what feels like like Forever. three minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and he does that a lot. He has these really cool little moments where he's like, he's, dare I say it, quite pantomime. Yeah, I was going to say, he could be accused of being pantomime, but yeah. I wouldn't say he goes over the top. He's, like, right he's on very the... on the edge. <laughs> it's right on the line with it, because there's quite yeah. a few scenes where he's like, you, <laughs> yeah. you, and like, I will, I will defeat her. Yes. Like real kind of very typical. Very theatrical. Yeah, but he's right on the line, though, because he's quite convincing with it, because he feels very passionately mm. that Barbara is not, she's a false goddess. He's he very passionate about that and wants to prove her wrong. Um, and some of the scenes where he's having this ruck with himself or a ruck with someone else, he's just he's in, and he's in it a lot as well. He's yeah, in it he like is, pretty yeah. much, pretty much every scene. And and unless it's the Doctor and um, Susan and Barbara Ian discussing how they're going to escape, because we have these little moments where they kind of get together very quickly before anyone else can find out that they're talking to each other and plotting to escape when we haven't got those little bits. He's, he's in it pretty much every scene. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. Cause he's arguing with Barbara. He argues with the doctor. He argues with Ixter <laughs> at, the, at the very beginning. He, he argues, argues with, with himself. Kamika. He has a ruck with himself cause he winds himself up. Um, he's just all over the place, but he's brilliant to watch. That's the one thing I think you can almost forgive the borderline pantomime-esque performance because he's so entertaining with it yeah and he's yeah. so funny even the scenes where he's not meant to be funny i was like this guy is just solid gold mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just so funny he's brilliant so there he was played by john ringham 
Um, and I'm assuming that he was, because he, he, he did quite a few really old TV series, things like Bergerac, um, All Creatures Great and Small, Dixon and Doc Green. Oh, wow. Are You Being Served, The Avengers, um, Cat Weasel. Cat uh, Weasel. Uh, Zed Cars, Poldark, War and Peace, Birds of a Feather. Some others do have him. He was really... God, that's quite a bad catalogue, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was. He played these... But the thing is, though, he never had like these big leading parts. Mm. He always had these really great little side parts in mm. these... T- and I think that was pretty much what he's famous for, just playing these really great little characters that just yeah. really support like what's going on in the story and stuff. So um, I know he's a bit over the top at times, but really liked his character. I thought he was great. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I agree with you. I was gonna say it's good when when he's on screen. It's just it is it is a bit of slice of fried gold. He's great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, Tardis team. What uh, do we yeah. think? To well, let's talk about Susan because she's she buggered off on holiday for most of this. She did well. Uh, yeah, for Caroline Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, what, what, yeah. What was going on with TV back then? Because didn't William Hartnell bugger off on holiday? Yeah, and sometimes they would sometimes they would sort of write him out for an episode or two, and other times they'd sort of get somebody in a wig to just yeah. film a few scenes because um, they're on a holiday. I mean, you, you would never. Can you imagine if um, uh, Peter Capaldi just turned around and said, "I won't be here for two weeks because I'm going off on a holiday"? But like, what? Yeah, in the middle of a story. In the middle of a film, and there's like absolutely no way that would happen these days. Yeah. So I think it's just so funny that these characters disappear for like a complete two and a half episodes. Yeah. And it's not because um, it was written that way. It's because they literally weren't here because they had just jumped on a plane and gone on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. So Susan's quite cool at the beginning, at the end. And she has these little, there is one scene with her in the middle where we have this thing with Ortlock and he says, you know, this other warrior guy comes in. He's like, I shall have her as my bride. And she kicks off and gets a bit upset. Yeah, she played that really well. I like that that scene that she does there. It's quite emotional, um, but then she's just in it at the beginning and the end, and that's it, really. Yeah, I was gonna say I, mean, I, I do like the character of Susan, but I do find uh, Carolyn Ford is sometimes a bit weak. Um, I don't think she's particularly good in this, but she's not even in it that much. But I wouldn't say the scene she's in, a, um, she's that good to be honest. I think she's she's sort of a bit whiny mm. and. I don't know. I do. Yeah, I wouldn't say she's that great, to be honest, in this episode. I kind of feel like almost like she's can't wait to go on holiday. It's almost as if she's sort of thinking, oh, can we just do this scene quickly so I can go? Because I don't really get much energy from her. Duty or, free. Yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> planes leaving. Got to go home. And pack. I just, don't, I just don't get much. Um, I just don't get much emotion from from Caroline in this, even though she's only in it a little bit. But yeah, she. I mean, she's fine. She's not bad at all, yeah. um, by any means. But I wouldn't say she's great in it I, I think out of, out of all this out of all the TARDIS team I think she's the weakest in this story yeah I liked her in that scene in, in near the middle which I obviously well, she's getting married on, which, yeah 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 it's the best yeah she's she, right. she breaks down in tears a little bit and she's quite good in that but um, I'm yes. thinking of a scene where she's with um, Barbara though there's a, there's quite a nicely written scene between the two of them fairly early on and it, it had the potential to be a really nice scene like with the doctor and um Kamika, but I don't know. Carolyn Ford just doesn't seem to put much into it. Oh, whereas, right, yeah, yeah. whereas Jacqueline Hill is giving quite a nice performance. So, in terms of that, I just find she's a little bit weak in the story. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think those scenes at the beginning and the end, she there's just not much going on, is there, in a way of 
no sort of all out performance or anything like that she's just eager to get on the plane I suppose it's almost as if I suppose it almost feels like she didn't really need to be in the story because it's so much centered around Barbara and Ian um, and it's yeah it's probably not her fault because she probably was sort of written to do nothing so she could go on holiday but she feels very inconsequential hmm. to the story I yeah. think yeah, yeah. Uh, right so um, let's do Ian. 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 Uh, fantastic in this. <laughs> I, well, I just love, yeah. I love William Russell. I love mm. Ian Chesterton, the character. Um, he's just, yeah, I can't fault him. I think, I mean, I really like this TARDIS team, even though I'm, even though I'm saying, you know, Susan's not that great in this one, but I do love this early TARDIS team. Yeah. yeah. And, and Ian's a really important part of that. And I just, yeah, I just think he's great in the scenes he's given. He, um, William Russell clearly loves playing this part. You mm. just feel he's giving, giving a you know a lot of energy, a good performance. Um, he just looks like he's having fun with it, and yeah, can't fault him at all, really. Do you know what I was going to say? Exactly the same thing. He looks like he's having loads of fun. He does playing this character, playing his character in this story because they yeah. give him loads to do. Mm. Um, he's like a bit of an undercover agent at times. Um, he has to crawl through like flooding tunnels to escape. He has to, you know, make a, you know, make sure there's ropes and stuff to make sure he get back in the tomb. He has that couple of big fights with Ixter. Yeah. Um, so he has loads to do, and you can th- you can see, I can just envision in my mind, um, William Russell reading this script for the first time, thinking, "Yes, yeah, this is going to be excellent." I'm going to have loads of fun on this. So uh, he's really good as well. Um, even in the fight scenes where you wouldn't imagine someone like um, Ian to to be really handy with like weapons and bringing mm. people down. But no, he's great. Really good. And, and like we said, it's early on as well. It's the first series of Doc 2. So they're mm-hmm. still, still, you know, they, they didn't know it's going to go on to be such a big success, still finding their feet a little bit, still trying to gel as a, as a cast. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think he's great. I love William Russell. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Barbara. Jacqueline Hill as Yatuxa. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good. What do you reckon? I yeah. I adore Jacqueline <laughs> Hill. I there is she just what's the word she not absorbs what's the opposite of absorbs what's the word I'm looking for. She gives off just elegance and oh I don't know what it is about Jacqueline Hill but she's just fantastic. Yeah. I would just yeah. she's one of those people I would just I'm just sort of find her fascinating. I'd love to have met her or have even been in the same room as her. I don't know. There's just something about her. I just think she's, if I was to sum her up in one word, it would be just class. She's, mm-hmm. she's just so classy. Um, and yeah, great performance. She's, it's perfect. The, the story that they give her being mistaken for this God. Cause she really, once again, a bit like William Russell, she really, um, grabs the script with both hands doesn't she she really gets into it and when she's pretended to be the uh you know the reincarnation she's really really enjoying doing that and then once they're out of the room and she's telling the doctor and and Mm -hmm. ian what she's doing she's sort of giggling and loving it and i just think she's a brilliant performance i just i just think she's great yeah yeah in a lot of the uh, in the same way that william russell would have looked at this and thought you know this is great script you know Mm. really good sort of dual character uh, stuff that I can get into, and you're right, she does love it when she's playing um, uh, Yatuxa. She's really into it, you know. She yeah. takes on that character uh, within the story really well. Um, it's just that bloody Latoxel, 
He just tries to rumble her every time. But no, exactly. she's there. No, she's great. She's absolutely great. All of her scenes were were great because she. It's really nice that she has those little moments where she giggles and. Well, then, she can be. She can be really strong. Yeah, uh, Barbara, the character of Barbara, she can be really strong mm. and 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 uh, you know put opinion across. And then other times she can be really vulnerable, and she plays both of those great. Yeah. Uh, like you know, like the scene with the Doctor where he's really kicking off. Gives her a good telling off, doesn't he? He gives her a good yeah. telling off. Does he? He doesn't say smack bottom, does he? Is that or is that a different? Oh, no, that's getting, a different story. No, that's a different yep. story. But he's really giving her a telling off. Um, and. I just think that is such a great scene between the two of them because she she sort of starts to sort of almost uh, deflate because she's getting a, a rollick in and then you know but then <laughs> she starts sticking up for herself again, doesn't she? She's like, no, I'm not standing by and letting sacrifice human sacrifices carry on. I'm not going to allow it. And she stands up to the doctor and he's just you know totally yeah. like lost for words. It's a great scene. Yeah, because she's against because the. The Aztecs were very much about human sacrifice, weren't they? Yeah. She thinks she's going to put an end to it. And he's like, you're not changing history. Yeah. Not one line. Yeah. Not one line. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Um, and obviously, uh, Mr. Hartnell. Mr. Hartnell. He's great in this, isn't he? Um, absolutely. Absolutely he's just great. great. He's just the doctor. You know, he's he like... He is the doctor. Um, he's like... He, it, it, you can you can see that even in modern Who, that they take inspiration from some of the some of the, the ways that he played certain stories, where just cool and collective throughout the story, knows that you know stuff's going to get done. He's got complete and utter faith and trust in his companions. Because um, a bit where um, I think uh, Barbara's freaking out, and he's like, "No, no, calm down, my dear." Mm. Down, you know, he just knows that everything's going to get cool. But when he needs to, when he needs to, you know, get stuff done, he's there. He's very strict, and he tells people off. Um, and he has that little couple of little grumpy scenes, but for the most part, he's just enjoying, you know, being in, in this time period and being around people, and you know, just getting engaged, getting engaged. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, and William Hartnell does such a great job um, of flicking between the two. You know, from I was just, I was just going to say that because he gets to do it all in this, doesn't he? He gets yep. to he gets to go mad at Barbara about changing history. He gets to do all the nice, um, charming stuff with uh, Kamika, where he gets engaged. It gets to all that nice, soft side of him, you know. And uh, he gets to be quite clever by trying to help Ian with the with the poison thorn. So he gets to do a bit of you know, lots of different emotions from that Doctor and. William Hartnell switches between those yeah. sides to his personality really, really well. It doesn't jar at all. Like when he's blowing up at Barbara and then he clearly sees that he's maybe just gone a bit <laughs> too cross. He really he switches to being charming so well, William Hartnell. Yeah. Um, and that's why I get so cross when people say he's like the worst doctor and, you know, he's always, you know, people don't, don't like Hartnell. Cause I think, no, you, you've got it wrong. You know, he's, he's, he's a, he's brilliant. He is harsh, but he's also really charming. Yeah. And he's also, he's got a good alien side to him as well. Like I totally see him as the doctor. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. think he's, he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more, mate. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about the story before we, cause you normally do this. You're like, no, it's <laughs> fine. And then no, 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 no. There was one thing. Uh, no, only the music. I thought thought the music helped with it. I love. There's like it's more like a sound effect actually. It's like the zoom sound effect they keep playing over, and it's brilliantly timed. There wasn't much music in this really, which I think 
was a good thing. Well, there's like a rumbling. I mm-hmm. don't know if don't if you notice it. That's what I mean. I don't know if it's more sound effect than music, but yeah, it's like this sort of underlying mm-hmm. dread rumble uh, in a lot of scenes, which really, really adds to the atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. Yes. Yeah. It just rumbles all the way through it, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, but no, apart from that, I, I don't think I've got anything to add that you you haven't already said. Sets are great. Um, cast really, really great. Um, just overall, really, really good story, yeah. Uh, scores. Scores. Who's uh, turn first? It's me. Okay. Uh, easy one for me. This is a nine. I thought you'd give it a nine. I'm going slightly lower. I'm going 8.5. 8.5? Eight 8.5. I think it's really good. I'm only really knocking a score off for um, for Susan because I thought she was a bit weak. And, um, and yeah, the fight scenes are, are still a little bit 60s, although they, they've done quite a a good job compared to some of the others that we see around this time. But, uh, but yeah, very, very strong 8.5 for me. Nice one, dude. Uh, yeah. Right. Let's see what our awesome listeners thought of this one. Uh, let's kick off with an audio review. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. So I have been waiting for this for such a long, long time. Oh. My very first ever who review um, the Aztecs. Um, you do have to forgive me. Um, I, um, I can't remember some, every detail about the episode because I only saw the episode once because as I am new to the classic who episodes, but I'll do my best for what I can remember is it is a good episode. It's got a strong pacing to it. The plot was good. And I like how it's all set in the 15th century. Um, Wim Hunter was good as the first Doctor, so it was Ian, Barbara and Susan. Um, but I do feel sorry for Ian when he kept being being forced into combat with the um, with that um, warrior. And also, um, uh, um, uh, and also um, I quite like it that they made um, Barbara the Queen. Um, so overall, it's... Um, a good episode, so I'll give a score of um, 8 out of 10. Hope you enjoy the podcast, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care. Farewell. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to record your, your views for us, buddy. Um, yeah. I think we hear from Joe pretty much most weeks. Yeah, we do. It's because Joe's watching them from the start, so he, he'll always... Um, he doesn't want to listen to the, the episodes we review that he hasn't watched yet, which is totally fair enough. So, we, yeah. yeah, if we do an early one... He's, he's, I'm not sure how far he's got actually. Is yeah. he onto this? Is he onto the third doctor yet? I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. Really cool. Uh, first of all, Twitter, uh, Matt Goodacre, uh, at Matt Goodacre 42 says, definitely one of the best historicals. Um, the doctor has some great dramatic and funny moments. Susan isn't there enough. It's great on me. <laughs> Ian gets mm. to play the action hero using brains and brawn. Barbara gets a uh, gripping moral dilemma to explore along with a sinister villain. Great sets and a great supporting cast. Uh, 10 out of 10. Wow, yeah. Uh, George Garrity uh, at G underscore unit 91 says, one of the best pure historicals. I love how each character goes off to have their own separate plots. Uh, Being reunited at the end, the villain is really sinister too, showing that Doctor Who villains don't have to be monsters. Very true. Mm. Uh, this story really highlights our need for more pure historicals in the new series. Uh, great story, 9 out of 10. 
Cool, yeah. Um, John Boy, uh, his, his name is at Johnny Boyo, says, one of my favourite William Hartnell stories. Uh, JH is great. Barbara shines in this. A joy from start to finish. Loved by both my hearts. <laughs> I like that. Uh, over on Facebook, Lewis Palmer, he says, having just watched this for the first time, I can say that this is a great Hartnell adventure. The main cast are fantastic in this, especially Jacqueline Hill and William Hartnell. Uh, Hill does well being the focus of the story and there are so many things that Hartnell does that add to his character when he's together with his companions. It's a delight to watch. Uh, the story has the right mix of comedy, action and drama and it's very entertaining. The effects are quite good and the music was very enjoyable. Uh, negatives, I would say that the villain isn't that threatening to me and Susan's story, while well acted, isn't interesting and you can tell she really uh, doesn't really have much to do. Uh, yeah. overall a fantastically acted brilliantly directed well written gem uh, I can't wait to get the DVD 8 out of 10 oh, that's good uh, Sammy Satine she said so the first Doctor Barbara Ian and Susan land in Aztec times Barbara goes into an Aztec temple puts on the bracelet that belonged to an Aztec goddess and suddenly she's the goddess to come to earth in human form Ian manages to get himself in a fight. The Doctor gets engaged and Susan almost gets uh, betrothed. Uh, this is also the first time uh, we get the you can't change history, not one line speech from the Doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, I like William Hartnell, but I feel the Doctor becomes a bit redundant when Ian and Barbara are around. Uh, it's better than the episodes um, after they leave because he gets more to do. I like Barbara and Ian, but I always feel like they take over. Uh, Susan is good and I was cheering when she said she wouldn't be betrothed to anyone. Thank you very much. All in all, a very good story. Ten, uh, sorry, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I sort of agree about being Hartnell being sidelined, but I don't. I don't know. Not in this story. I think. I think William Hartnell's really, really good in this because he gets lots to do. He's very important to the story. But um, I think perhaps there are other stories where Ian and Barbara take over a bit hmm. um, because I suppose that was always the idea back then that they were supposed to bring do the action, and the Doctor was sort of like the clever main character i don't know yeah I, I know where i know where she's coming from i, I think i know yeah yeah there the, the are elements of that yeah in certain bits uh let's do our last audio review uh this is owen daly hi guys hope you're well well and enjoying the show this week um so yeah the aztecs i really love this story it's great after having a pretty ba bad story last week victor the daleks to go on to a really good story this is my favorite 1960s story and my favourite William Hartnell story. I think it is superb. The writing by John Lucarati, uh, probably haven't pronounced his name right, but you know who I'm talking about. He is fantastic at writing and I do believe he's written another Doctor Who story but it has slipped my tongue and I can't remember um I can't remember what one he's written, but I think he really writes this one superb. And what I love most about the story I believe is because it is a pure historical. Pure historicals work very well, especially in the William Hartnell era, because there's one thing having an alien attacking the Doctor, but when there's stuff like the Aztecs attacking the Doctor, it's, it adds a lot more threat to it, because the Doctor can't really actually stop these people, because he needs history to stay in course, which I think is a great way of adding threat to the story. And when Barbara threatens to change the course of history, it's really good, because the Doctor introduces the, you cannot rewrite history, not one line, and I find that really, really intriguing. So overall, as I said, the Aztecs is my favourite William Hartnell story, and it is a definite 9.5 out of 10 superb story recommended thanks for listening and uh, yeah enjoy the rest of the show nice one Owen excellent thanks very much Some good thoughts there yeah uh, continuing on Facebook Danny Brown says how to do a historical right the story is almost flawless from start to finish the cast is fantastic it's totally brilliant 9 out of 10 
No, yeah, a lot of high scores. Yeah, Finn Walsh says, hello, Gary and Adam. It's been a long time since I did this. Uh, just been up to GCSEs and all that stuff. Let's get right into this. I love this story. I'm a real history buff, and that's why I love it. It feels real and compelling, and location sets feel real. Acting is superb with direction as well. Absolutely love this story. A solid 10 out of 10. Oh, cheers, Finn. Hope you did well, or hope you are doing well in your GCSEs, buddy. Uh, Jeff Waddle says, the best historical of them all by far. My favourite Hartnell just goes to show what a good story uh, you can write without having any aliens or monsters. Intrigue, comedy, drama, a good insight into a bygone society. Absolutely tremendous from start to finish. Oh, how I wish they'd kept to this idea of not being able to change history. Uh, mm. Almost play-like in places, which adds to the atmosphere. 10 out of 10. Wow, that's that's got to be Jeff's high score, isn't it, so far that we've had? I believe so. Yeah, wow. Uh, Joseph Howarth says, everything about this story is so well done and brilliant that it's essentially one of my favourite stories, not just from Doctor Who, but from the William Hartnell era in general. Uh, from the vicious threat of Latoxel trying to trip up Barbara every turn to the Doctor's hilarious proposal to Kamika, it's a well-crafted story that I absolutely adore. Thank you, Mr Hartnell. If it weren't for you, I would never become a fan of Doctor Who. And listen to these awesome guys every Friday. Uh, I thank you, Mr William Hartnell, 9 out of 10. Oh, brilliant. Great stuff. Did you have anything over on the Geek's Handbag Facebook page? Yeah, I had a couple. Uh, Kieran Knight, uh, this is going to be fun trying to read this through my cracked screen. I just saw this. I dropped my phone the other week, so it's, uh, <laughs> it is literally smashed a bit. But Kieran Knight says, um, great historical that gives Barbara uh, and... Let's see, I've, I've stumbled already. Great historical <laughs> that gives Barbara and, to a certain extent, Ian, quite a lot to do. While Caroline Ford was on holiday, a nice four-parter with a memorable villain. <laughs> Jason Howell says one word sums up this one for me brilliant in great big capital letters enough said <laughs> and Ben Smith says one of the best Hartnell stories and the first ever episode to deal with the implications of changing time Barbara shines here the villain is menacing and the fight sequence at the end is surprisingly good for the time uh, a truly fantastic plot Ben is giving it 10 out of 10 wow yeah so a lot, lot, of, lot of love for this didn't have any negative did we no, nothing not no really a few little things about characters but overall yeah some high scores pretty good going for for an early one as well yeah yeah it's good stuff um right that was the aztecs thank you so much for sending in your thoughts and audio clips and so on really appreciate that next week strap ne in yeah buckle we're changing up. it up we're changing it up it's gonna go down big time <laughs> uh, a bit of a change to scenery for next week dude what we're we gonna do next week Next week, it will be a big finish review. It's the first big finish, proper big finish review we've we've done, isn't it? So it'll be the tenth Doctor Adventures box set. Yeah, uh, we'll be sort of going through all three stories in that set next week. Ah, looking forward to that. So, mm. um, in regards to spoilers, if you haven't listened to this story yet, um, we will be talking about plot points and characters and elements in the story. So we can't avoid spoil spoilers completely just to let you guys up front know now there mm. will be spoilers we will try and not go too deep so that you can still enjoy it if you want to listen to the show and then pick up the story afterwards that'll be fine um, but there will be elements that will be revealed in next week's show so, yeah just to give you forewarning don't want flooded on facebook and twitter like what the hell guys i haven't listened <laughs> to this yet you've just spoiled so there will be a few spoilers next week so the Tenth Doctor's Adventures next week. Yes. Big finish. Looking forward to that. And I think we're going to do that for episode 93. Indeed. Indeed.
so much for sticking with us and listening to uh, this week's show uh, it's been great talking through the Aztecs I was really wanting to do this one for, for so long but I was convinced we'd already done it I was absolutely convinced I think we've I know it's jumped around the schedules and I'm sure we've talked about it because even up until the start of this week I was going back through <laughs> checking I was sure we'd done it but there you go we have now we have now so yeah it's been great um Make sure you check out the auction this week as well. Yeah. Uh, when's that? Wednesday, this coming week. 8th. Wednesday, the 8th of June. Make sure you uh, will stick a note in our show notes and on Facebook and so on as well. So let us know if you pick up any uh, very expensive classic Who memorabilia. Yeah. Which will be great. Uh, next week, uh, like we said, uh, it's going to be our first big finish review, uh, which is the new 10th Doctor Adventures. So uh, if you've listened to that, make sure you send us in your reviews via audio, video, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you like. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, go to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can check out this episode and all the previous ones on there. Plus, you can link off to Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, also, head to um, uh, the website forward slash subscribe. Um, we had a raft of new uh, subscribers onto the newsletter, which is good. Um, so, put your email down on there and you'll get us in your inbox every week which is nice also check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag over on YouTube and Facebook loads of really cool videos there if you haven't subscribed to his channel yet you need to do so so after you've listened to this go straight to YouTube search for The Geek's Handbag and click on subscribe and you'll be better off for it (laughs) thanks Gary rightio thank you very much again until next week my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember Ah. Uh... Uh...